So we have a little uh, little twist in our podcast episode today. We are going to be unpacking a little bit of my story. I realize we've uh, we've had some great guests, great content, and uh, the whole idea is is obviously to add value. And I always feel like you can add way more value, uh, and the message is better received when people understand your journey a little bit. So today we're going to unpack a little bit of of my story, uh, some of my thoughts, and. And the whole, the whole episode, I want to be geared around, you know, how do you take a vision? How do you take the things that, that you're good at? I mean, we're talking about authentic conviction. We're talking about what makes you different. And not only that, but, you know, you got to get to a point like we've discussed in previous episodes, like with, with PJ and some of our other guests, that you got to get to the point of execution, Going through this whole journey is really, like I said, it's allowed me to unpack a lot of things. And uh, so sharing my story, I'm really excited about. And not only that, but I've, I've been absolutely just uh, amazed and I've got a, my heart is absolutely filled with, with gratitude and, and, and respect for a lot of people, including young people I'm learning are tuning in. And it just makes me happy because part of my story is, you know, I've been a, a big part of youth sports. Uh, coached and run a baseball organization, a youth baseball organization that's nationally competitive, absolutely done with the right culture, uh, stayed involved in our community and coached kids. And, you know, I don't care if I coached a kid one year in flag football or if I coached a kid for seven straight seasons of, of uh, competitive baseball, I always feel like I'm their coach. And so I want to say that I'm so glad that people are listening. This isn't just about business. You know, we're, we're embarking on a new wave of young people. And young people that, in my opinion, have more opportunity than I know I ever had, more opportunities than people had through the 70s, 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, because you you have the, the, the everything that you want in front of you. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you can do it. Um, I saw Tim Tebow made a comment. And I, really, I, I loved what he said. He said, I'll never tell a kid they can do anything that they want or anything they dream of, because I don't think that that's completely realistic. But I will, I will preface my, my statement with this. Within reason, I will never tell a kid or anybody, uh, an adult, anybody, that you can't do something. And so, you know, m- my story is, is uh, I think, one that can validate that. Because, you know, growing up in a, in a small town in, in uh, of Kokomo, Indiana, shout out, maybe we got some of my family that tunes in and listens to the podcast. You know, I was, uh, I was one of four. I had uh, two older brothers and an older sister. And at the young age of seven, in my father's young age of 36, uh, he actually collapsed and died of a heart attack in the dugout while he was coaching one of my brothers in a Little League game. I mean, you talk about, you know, a traumatic situation for, for a young family. You know, my mom in 1984 was a homemaker. And, you know, in 1984, it wasn't like 2020 or 2021 where, you know, there were different different roles in the home. And she would tell you she didn't know how to write, write a check, you know, or pay the bills or anything because my father took care of all that. So, you know, to watch her go through a really tough time and, and then, you know, have four kids that she had to guide back into a, a, to a place of normalcy, you know, it was a, a difficult thing. But, you know, I think that like anything, and as we, again, as we unpack this story a little bit, I think one of the, my biggest attributes is, is, you know, when you have a little bit of a pain, when you have a little bit of a struggle, it drives you. I would change, I would give anything to have even 10 more minutes with my dad. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, w- when, when God's going to grab somebody and, and, and pull them in, it's, it's our time to go. It's our time to go. 
and we have a choice to make. We can, we can wallow in it or we can figure out how we're going to get to a better place. And my point is, is I think, you know, like with my tragedy, everybody else has tragedy. You have a decision to make. What am I going to do? And I think from a business perspective, from a personal perspective, I can find parallels in sports. You're always going to be dealt things that maybe aren't ideal, that, that are less than, than perfect, and they're not what you, what you drew up. Your resilience and having some conditioning to how, to how to deal with those things will take you in one of two paths. And thankfully, you know, it's created a mindset for me that I, I literally don't think there's anything that I can't achieve. I mean, that sounds, I, again, we, we border on, on sounding arrogant. I certainly don't want that to come across as cocky or arrogant. I want to come across as confident and self-aware. It, whether it's building a business and you say, you know what, I'm actually kind of going through this right now. You acknowledge some things that you want to do differently within, within your business, again, like I have, and that might mean that you've got to hit a hard reset button. And I, I've never felt more convicted and more clarity that when you create a vision and you have conviction behind it and drive behind it and you're conditioned to handle some of the temporary struggle and temporary pain that you might feel along the way, it actually sharpens your blade and gets you to a better place long term. You know, going back to that day in 1984, I didn't know what my, what my story was going to be. I didn't know how the death of my father was going to impact me as a young man or as a grown man or, or whatever. But I can tell you, I sit here today as a, as a 43 year old man who has started up more than five different companies. Um, you know, I've, I've run what I think is one of the, one of the best baseball organizations, not just in the state of Ohio, but I'd say in the Midwest and, and really in the country. And that's not just because of what they do on the field it's because it, it has a culture around it. But I would have never guessed that I was able to do the things that I've been able to do but do them exactly how I wanted to do them. And that can't happen, again, without that vision, without that conviction. Um, but, but, but to kind of fast forward the, the whole story, you know, after my father died, you know, it was tough. My mom um, was fortunate enough uh, to, to meet a great partner, you know, and, and so we had an absolutely awesome stepfather. Uh, he was a leader to us in many ways. You know, early on in the process, as many people know that have step parents, uh, it, it's it's not always uh, the, the the pain that you want to feel at the moment, but it's the pain that you need, and it provided us a little bit of structure and a little bit of discipline that we needed. And and from there, acquired a new stepbrother who's a dear friend of mine still to this day, and and a half sister, although we don't use the word step or half in, in our family. Um, and our family grew, and we had you know six six kids in our family. And, uh, and was able to move to, to suburban Cincinnati, Ohio, attended Lakota High School and got into athletics pretty, pretty uh, competitively and uh, got into wrestling and baseball, kind of knowing that baseball was my, was my meal ticket to get to college and possibly have some of my college paid for, which I was, which I was able to do. But, you know, it gave, we got into to some structure. And, you know, those lessons through whether it was wrestling, you know, cutting weight against my, my mom's wishes or, you know, the, the travel tournaments that we were doing with baseball from age 12 all the way through 18 and then on into college, uh, it, it led me to a place that when I was graduating from Miami University and I got a few offers for some, some of the bigger corporations and, you know, had some, some opportunities to go do what 
and, and this is one of the messages I want to send to these, these young kids that listen to this is living that back then Instagram wasn't a thing um, that we're talking 1999. It would have been easy to say, hey, I'm, I'm taking an offer with Procter & Gamble or General Electric or whomever, you know, n- not an indictment on anybody that did that. I think that's great. They're great companies. They do great things. But for me, I look back and I'm very proud as I, again, as I unpack some of these, these stories, it, it resonates with me because I knew who I wanted to be. I kind of knew who I was as a 21 year old. And I knew that I've always been a competitive person and I've always been able to take adversity and, and move in, in, in a positive direction, which by the way, isn't always easy when, when you're, um, you know, a little bit of a, uh, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So sometimes people that are that way aren't the best at dealing with pain, dealing with adversity because they, they get in their feelings, they get in their emotions. But I've always been so competitive that I thought, all right, I can take this shot and I can continue moving forward because now I got to prove everybody wrong. And it's always been a rally cry for me. And so my message being, you know, these young kids that you're going to be faced with opportunities. You're going to be faced with doing things that maybe aren't as appealing in, in the social eye. They aren't as appealing on TikTok or on Instagram or Twitter. But you got to decide as a young person, what do I want for my life? What do I want my future? Like for me, it would be my future Joe to look like. And I had a vision. And now here's the thing. You know, I, I've, the example I use is, you know, I get in my car and I leave Cincinnati, Ohio and say, hey, uh, we're going to go to Chicago and we get on I-65 and we're two hours outside of Chicago and, and the highway shut down. You know, I don't turn around and go home and say, oh, I can't do it. 65 shut down. You know, I reroute, you know, thank goodness for, for uh, ways or, or whatever uh, navigation people use. But, you know, life is no different than that. And, you know, it could be uh, if I'm talking to, to my to my daughter who plays soccer and does music, things may not always go the way that, that you want them to go. They may not always work out, but it's up to you how you reroute yourself. But the one thing that hasn't changed when we reroute is the destination. And so for me, and, and kind of navigating through that decision, I decided I'm not going to go work and take this, the, the, the set salary, you know, take the for sure thing where I know I got a paycheck every week. I took on a lot of pain because I got into a sales environment where I had to eat what I, what I killed. And Looking back, it was one of the best decisions I could make. And I jokingly say, um, you know, I quit every day for about 10 years. And by the end of that 10-year time frame, I had become, you know, a, a financial professional that people wanted to work with. And they could see my passion. They could see, you know, how much it meant to me. And, again, we talk about our story, you know, uh, again, talking about how I mentioned this to my daughters and I have on numerous occasions. You might be dealing with a tough chapter in your life, but it's not the end of the book. And, you know, when, when you, I, I always use, the, I've used the example of some of the, some of the celebrities or people that, that have a life now. And if they could go back and talk to their younger self, they'd say, just relax. There's so much more out there for you. And so, you know, whether it's my daughter, Kaylin, or Tommy, or Sarah, or kids that I've coached, or anybody, I would say the best thing that you can do is get extremely comfortable with uncertainty. Get comfortable expecting curveballs to be thrown at you. 
And, and when you finally have enough of those things happen and you've had enough of those painful moments, you get to a point like where I feel like I am today. And I think in 10 years from today, it'll be even better than it is right now to where you kind of get to a point where you say, if it's not going to kill me, I can handle it. And, you know, for me, I've seen this with my clients. I've had very close friends of mine, clients of mine who have gotten ill um, I've got I've got a client of mine who I hold in, in about the highest regard. I've worked with with him and his family for for over a decade, and he's faced some extreme medical challenges this year. And every time I've talked to him over the last six months, he has been filled with nothing but gratitude and unselfishness. And I I would like to think that that is a measure of him understanding and being self aware enough to say, look, if this thing doesn't kill me. It's only going to make me better, and it's also going to give me the gratitude I need to appreciate the things that are most important. So, you know, as I'm talking to people, as I'm coaching people, you know, and, and talking about my journey, getting back to that, you know, it wasn't fun early on. You know, as a 21-year-old, heck, I started even interning and working in this business when I was uh, just over 19 years old, and I've seen a lot. I've seen families confused on how they distribute their wealth in retirement, I've seen families that didn't properly protect their families, you know, in the event of somebody passing away prematurely and how you're going to financially deal with that. Oh, by the way, I watched it with my own family when my father passed away in 1984. You know, a man that I, that I respect as much as any human, dead or alive, you know, he went to Notre Dame and he went to Xavier. This guy was a very educated, smart man and a great professional, but you know, he, he just didn't do maybe the planning where if you could go back and say, hey, Tom, if you could do it differently, would you? I'm sure he would say yes. But that is our responsibility as professionals to have these conversations. But for me, seeing that pain, you know, in, in, in my mom and, and, and having the uncertainty of not knowing how financially she was going to get through that. And me personally, you know, being the first one in my family to go, go to college as the youngest of four. Um, you know, I paid for my school. I had a little help along the way. I'm very grateful for any help that I got from my, from my family, from, uh, from anybody that was able to help me, um, from, from anything I did via baseball, but by and large, I got myself through school. And so, you know, th those struggles, that pain gave me conviction, not even knowing that that was a message that I could deliver to other families later on. And now I've been doing it for over two decades. So, uh, you know, to progress through my career and get where I'm at, you know, it's come with, 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 with great struggle, but it's also come with great reward. And, and so, again, talking about understanding your vision and understanding how you take that vision, but also be ready to execute and be able to handle, you know, all the uncertainty that comes your way is very, very vital in anybody's growth. So hitting a, a major fast forward button, you know, uh, I mean, my first, my first 10 years were at the time weren't very uneventful because I feel like there was a lot of, a lot of pain that I, that I worked through a lot of lessons. So, you know, but I was able to take over the flagship agency for Ohio national as, as what we in the industry call a general agent. So I got to run my own shop, if you will, starting in 2009 and, there's so many people that were instrumental. Um, I will say that, you know, you, you find me and, and bring this person in here, but you find me a successful person and 
I will then do some research and find you at least one or two people that saw more in that person than they saw in themselves. And I, I genuinely feel like I am here because people saw more in me than I saw in myself. But here's the really cool thing about your conviction and how authentic you are is that just because somebody else saw something in you that maybe you didn't see at that time, it doesn't mean that that thing is different than who you are or what you want to be. That, that's a, that might be a little bit of a confusing thing to think about. So let me say it again. Somebody else saw something in me that I was too unaware at the time or not confident enough or whatever. So even though I didn't see it, it doesn't mean it wasn't there. It wasn't a real thing. And it's funny because I saw, I, I, I use this, this, this phrase all the time. We talk about, you know, the grass is greener where you water it. And um, I saw one the other day. It was kind of funny. It said, you know, the grass can also be green because it's fake. And it's such a true statement, you know, and maybe, maybe we have two posters side by side because, you know, people try to get to a point where they feel they're an authentic version of themselves, but they're fake grass because their authentic version of themselves is actually not a, a version of themselves. It's a version of what they want everybody else to see. And I, I just, I, I was able to learn at a young age that, oh my gosh, and, and looking back, I would say one of the biggest things, and young people, I, I really hope that there's a lot of young people listening to this, because here's what I would say is, we are so afraid to talk about and get things out on the table that are, are unsettling. We never want to talk about our failures. We never want to talk about our weaknesses. We don't, because that makes us look bad. You know, I remember old sales training, don't let them see you sweat. Well, why? You know, why, me looking back, I realize that, and, and again, I think young people go through this a lot more because by the time you hit, I think there's a, there's a, there's a rapid acceleration in emotional IQ at age 40. I think age 40 is a huge, huge milestone because it's allowed a lot of people, maybe if they're now parents and have been parents for a while or have maybe been in a profession for 15 years or a couple decades, but it is absolutely amazing to me how the awareness on all the wrong things creates such an unawareness of all the right things. And for me, taking over in 09, I was, as I say, I was majoring in the minors. I had so much focus on the things that really didn't move the needle that much. And so for the last 12 years, when I look back at where we've grown, to put it in perspective, as a 32-year-old taking on one of the biggest operations, one of the biggest channels of distribution for a $40 billion company down the street, I had an immense amount of pressure. And, you know, I had that act as if mentality. You know, even if you, if you, if you haven't arrived yet, act as if you're sitting at a mahogany desk, act as if you're wearing a $2,000 suit, as if that stuff even matters. Going back, the advice that I would give myself in 09 would be stay true to who you are, Build your vision out for what you want this to look like, how you're going to serve people better, how you're going to build a, a business that's, that's, that's got moral value, it's got integrity, and it's got monetary value. But do it the right way and do it your way. And I was faced with, with great challenges that, that I, I hate to admit this, it, it, it forced me to kind of detour a little bit. And there were times where I got away from what I knew was right. I got away from financially managing my business the way that I knew I should have. Um, I didn't, I didn't recruit the right people in to, to surround myself with 
other professionals, whether that's attorneys, CPAs, or whomever, to say, Joe, this is this, you're, we're your team. We're going to lead you in the right direction. So there were a lot of things I would go back and change. But again, let's go back to what we talked about earlier. That hurt, that pain, that struggle has now led me where I'm at today. So where are we at today? Well, we, we, we've grown um, from, in, in, in some areas of our business, what was a what was a, a $100,000 revenue area of our business to a $2 million revenue area of our business. We've increased our, our uh, roster of advisors. Um, and, and to talk about that really quick, what I mean by that is my job is to not just work with clients that I love working with because I'm passionate about the work that I do, but it's also to go out and find professionals that want to go out and serve people because we are going to lose a large percentage of our population of financial advisors over the next 20 years because a lot, large population are baby boomers and they're either trying to get out of the business or um, their expiration dates up, sadly. And so that means that there's going to be a whole population of people that aren't going to be talked to. They aren't going to do their planning because nobody's going to be asking them courageous questions and meeting with them. Somebody like my mom in 1984 may not have an advisor that can help deal with some of the things that she was ultimately faced with. So I chose a business when we go back to 1999 and then fast forward to 2009, that 20 year span, I chose a business where my demand is never going to, my supply and demand will never be out of whack. I could be in one of my favorite places in the world. I could be sitting in the middle of Notre Dame stadium amongst 85,000 fans, rabid fans, and every single one of them can benefit from the work that I do. Now, as a young person that says, wow, I'd like to build something of value, build something of residual value where I can own my own book of business and I can be financially independent. I thought it made pretty good sense to choose an industry that there's always demand. And so that was, that was a wise decision, maybe one ahead of my years, because it, like I said, it, it's not immediately financially rewarding to a 21 year old, but knowing that I did that, and now you fast forward into, into your 12 of, of running this firm since 2009, here's the beauty of being an entrepreneur and the beauty of having self-awareness and the beauty of knowing what your conviction is, is you can at any point reinvent what you want your practice to be. But let me make one thing very, very clear. Just because you want to reinvent what your practice looks like, what your direction may be, okay, that doesn't mean you reinvent your conviction or, your, or who you are as an authentic person. So I don't want to be confusing on that. I know who I am and who I am has given me the ability through some of the pain that I felt, some of the experiences that I've gone through, through losing my dad at age seven, through moving, through, um, you know, competing and being in a team sport where I had to deal with failure, where I had to deal with, you know, some of the things in baseball, where I had to deal with relationships that maybe let me down and all the things that, that, that we've dealt with through life, raising children, you know, going through, um, you know, heartache when, when, when my, my wife and I, when we had to deal with, with, with a miscarriage, um, you know, going through a lot of things, you know, it's, it's, it's brought me where I am today. And that person today now has the confidence and self-awareness to say, I know that this plan right now is the right plan for me, for, the, for, for our firm and for our people. And if I've got to rebuild the thing from the ground up, then that's what I'm going to do. And when I'm done with it, it's going to be even better than it was today. And that conviction 
that commitment, that confidence is, is really the essence of what we're trying to do with this authentic conviction. And so, um, you know, ideally, you know, you set a plan in place and, and you write it into the sunset for 30 years and there's never any pivoting. That's not real life. And, and so, you know, it's exciting for me to sit here on, on, uh, you know, in this, and, and this, these dreadful February days in Cincinnati, Ohio and say, I have never in my life had more clarity for the vision and the future of what I want to achieve professionally. And, and that is just a special thing. And like I said, for the young people that are listening, for, for some of the people that, that, which by the way, everybody that has and has sent me messages and has said, Hey, I love this. Keep it up. Keep it going. That's exactly why we're doing what we're doing. We, we love this project. We love the impact that it can have on people. And today I am kind of gearing my message to some of the younger people. I mean, when I say younger, I'm saying I've had 13, 14, 15 year olds um, let me know that they're listening and commenting on social media. And even my oldest daughter, Kaylin, I had her great friend, Allison. I ran into her and, and, and her boyfriend. And, and then she said, oh my gosh, I'm listening. I love it. That absolutely makes me happier than you even know. Because if it makes a difference in one person's life, then it's, then it's working. But let me just say this. When you finally get to that point where you, you're convicted and you know that there's literally nothing in your mind that you can't accomplish, it is the most liberating feeling in the world. Because once you know that, there's nothing that anybody else can take away from you that you can't rebuild. Because like I said earlier, if it's not going to kill me, then it's something that I can rebuild. Houses can be rebuilt. Businesses can be rebuilt. Bank accounts can be rebuilt. You know? Some of the things that aren't as easy to rebuild, friendships, reputation, um, you're, you're a culture that you've built. But most things can be rebuilt. But the whole point of this is that it needs to be built the way that you know is right. And the way that I think is right and how I, my lessons, and who knows, five years from today, I might be convicted in a different way. Or you, guess what? Like Jim Collins says in Good to Great, you know, when you have strong professional people with a strong moral compass that are very, very capable and versatile, you always have the ability to adapt to change because the one constant that we face in business is change. And so in five years, we might have to adapt. We might have to change. But as of right now, I have never and will never put a plan in place thinking it's going to fail. And But it comes with a conviction, and that conviction has come with with a lot of defeat, with a lot of vulnerable moments, with a lot of pain, with a lot of, 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 of lessons that I've learned. But my, oh my, has it created a lot of joy and a lot of excitement. And so to sit here today and know that we are on the precipice of, of, of a building project right here, it's going to be in Mason, Ohio, where we're going to own our own building. And this building is going to be an event center. It's going to be a co-working space. It's going to house my firm. Um, it's going to house a, a test kitchen and a, and a you know, all the exciting things, the buzz that's going to be inside of that building is going to be amazing, and I can't wait. And for many people, that, that fear would cripple them to the point where they couldn't even see the project through. We are in our seventh month of working with this project, and this, we've had some great people helping us with it. Our team, everybody's, but, but all I'm focused on is the excitement of what this end result's going to look like because it's going to be absolutely one of a kind, you know? We're launching a software program that will literally change the game in how financial professionals and people like me can onboard and get people on a system 
that manages activity, manages process processes within their practice that ultimately changes results for the better. We're launching that this year. We are embarking on some new strategic partnerships and strategic relationships. And by the way, the changes that are being made there come with extreme gratitude from the relationships that we had prior that have led us to this point. But all these things that we're doing, we're, we're, we have a rebrand that we're launching. We're excited to announce that, you know, we're going to rebrand our whole, our whole agency, our whole firm, and it is going to position us to be better. But all these things, this journey has, has not come without bumps in the road and without really digging deep on, on what, what I see as our vision, what I see as what is best for our company, for me, what is best for my family. And that, those things right there cannot be internalized until the conviction is present. So young people that are listening, um, a couple lessons I would give you. Number one, when you go into something, go into it with an optimistic mindset. Why would you ever go into something with a negative outlook? It, it literally will, ch- it will literally change the way your, your brain works. And so when you have a positive outlook, you will get more positive outcomes. Okay. So when I'm coaching baseball, I always tell my kids, if you're expecting off speed or something that is, is a pitch that you're not really looking for, it's easy to adjust to a fastball. You always kind of wait in certain counts that is, but you know, you, when you, you're always expecting the other thing, it's easy to adjust to the easy thing. So if you're already going into something braced, braced for, um, and prepared to handle failure, or, or, or defeat or, or a little bit of perseverance, having a positive outlook is going to better prepare you to pivot the right direction. So go into things with a positive attitude. Be prepared for the one constant that's always going to be there in life, which is change. Change oftentimes feels like struggle. It feels more painful. But the more you're convicted, the better you are to handle it. And not only that, but when you set your vision and you set your culture, realize that that might come with failure, but if you don't give it all your effort and you don't follow your vision through, there's no possible way that you can ever know how it would have gone. Because a lot of times people will go into a goal. If it's a young person saying, I like my son, I'd like to play in the NBA. I will never tell him he can't do that. You know, or a kid saying, I want to play in the NFL. I want to play college football. Why would you, why would you say that in one breath? And then all of your actions lead you a different path as if you're going to fail. Everything that you do should fall in line with exactly what it is you're trying to accomplish. So, you know, our vision, what we've done, what we've been able to do over the last 22 years in this business, I, I, like I said, I have a heart filled with gratitude and I got a mind full of clarity. And we're excited on what's ahead of us, um, but it could not have happened without having the right conviction. And that conviction actually came with quite a story. So, um, Thank you guys for, for, uh, for indulging in this and, and hearing our story and, and, and unpacking a little bit of how, how I personally was able to get where I, where I am. Um, we're going to continue on with this podcast. We're excited to, to bring in new guests in the future. But uh, for today, uh, that's it. Please hit, hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on, on LinkedIn. Uh, send us our messages. Comment. Let us know anything else that you would like to hear, any topics you would like for us to discuss, we want to hear from you because we want to get these topics out and we want to talk about them. We want to address them. So um, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Authentic Conviction Podcast.